danger. It's danger. Everybody come to the breakfast club. I call this the hot seat. <laughs> You're wild. You're wild. Can I live? You are out of control. I can't even deal with you. Y'all are so petty. Why are y'all so petty? World's most dangerous morning show, DJ Envy. Captain of this bitch, Angela Yee. I stay in everybody's business, but in a good way. Charlemagne the God. The ruler rubbing you the wrong way. The Breakfast Club. Ain't for everybody. Good morning, USA. Yo, 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 Good morning, Angela Yee. Good morning, DJ MV. Charlemagne the God. Peace to the planet. It's Monday. Yes, it's Monday. Back to the work week. Good morning. What's happening? How's everybody feeling? How was everybody's weekend? It's Monday, man. You know how it is on a Monday morning. Yeah. I'm actually home I was in, today. Um, go ahead, yeah, yeah, me too. I was in D.C. over the weekend. I had to go to a baby shower. Mm-hmm. And then because I was in D.C. already, I stayed and went to Donnell Rawlings' uh, drive-in comedy show. I seen that online. I seen that uh, on social media. How was that? Because I seen one part where people were beeping the horns. And I'm like, no, people could That's play with clap. Donnell all the time, right? You know what I mean? Donnell say something, and then they just start beeping the horn, and they're beeping over him. So how did that work? Was it that bad or no? They were, they were respectful. No, it's great that you beep the horn like because you can't clap. Yeah, gotcha. you know what I'm saying. So people beep the horn to claps, but when you're in the car, you have the radio turned to a particular station, so you can hear everything fine in the car. Gotcha. So the beeping is just like applause, but you don't hear. You can still hear them clearly through the speakers in your car. Yeah, they've been just doing, like going to a drive-in movie. Yeah, they've gotcha. been doing. They've been doing that for a while. Like they did that all through the presidential campaign. I hosted a a drive-in event for um Jamie Harrison, Carlos Miller. Carlos Miller shot his comedy mm-hmm. special like that drive-in. That's People cool. blow the horn. You know, they can't. I mean, I'm sure they're laughing, but you just can't hear them because they're in their car. Yeah, no, I, I I had to do one too, but it was I didn't see a comedy, a comedian do it. So I figured it might be annoying. Is it exactly on time? Because, you know, sometimes the driving movie theater might be like a half a second off, so the joke is just a second late in his mouth. Like, you know, in the movies, but... Well, it might be bad for the comedian because comedians... Um, comedians yeah, need it's immediate, hard for them. Yeah, they need yeah. immediate they reaction. Laugh. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When they say That's something. what I was saying. It was probably really difficult while they were up there to be up there and people mm-hmm. are just beeping the horn. It probably does throw you off a little. Okay. All right. It's not yeah, like was, radio. Radio, we used to not getting no response. We just talking right at away. people. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I was out in Atlanta over the weekend. Of course, I'm doing my car show there July 3rd. So there's a lot of planning that you have to do. And you don't, I, I didn't I didn't realize how much went into it because usually it's here in New York, New Jersey. And you, I could just swing by the arena and measure things out and do things like that. But no, I actually have to go to Atlanta a couple of times just to make sure it's bigger than the space. It doubles the space that I usually do it in in New York, New Jersey. So there's a lot going on, but they allow me to do more things. I'm able to have vended trucks. I'm able to have more cars. I'm able to have a lot more things. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. July third in uh, Atlanta. It's my celebrity car show with your favorite celebrities car. Shout to the beat in Atlanta. Shout to Lincoln Tech, Nashville, Lincoln Tech, Atlanta. We gonna have a lot of fun. It's gonna be a lot of planning, but it's it's gonna be amazing. So I can't wait to see you guys. Absolutely. And listen, we have a great show this morning because mm-hmm. uh, last week uh, we were supposed to have this queen up here, but we had some technical difficulties, but we got sure. it right. We did. So we starting the work week off uh, correctly with Sarah Jake Roberts, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. She has the new book out, Women Evolve Her. Amongst other things, I'm sure you listen to her podcast of the same name. So we'll be talking to Sarah Jake Roberts about her new book and a bunch of other stuff. Absolutely. Well, let's get the show cracking. Front page news, what are we talking about? 
Well, mourners have gathered in a Minnesota city. A man was shot by a police officer during a traffic stop. He then tried to drive and it crashed and died. Groundhog Day. Welcome to Groundhog Day, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, we'll get into that next. Keep it locked. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Let's get in some front page news. Where are we starting, Yee? Well, let's take it to Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. It's a city in Minnesota where a man was shot by a police officer during a traffic stop. He was actually stopped because he had too many air fresheners on his mirror. And he got back into his car and he was driving away and he crashed several blocks away and he was later pronounced dead. So the family of Dante Wright is speaking out about what happened. And here is his mother, Katie. Then I heard the police officer come to the window and say, put the phone down and get out of the car. So sad, man. Yeah, it's amazing to me that during the Derek Chauvin trial, officers uh, in in Minnesota would still feel emboldened enough to commit these kinds of crimes. I know, right? Like to pull somebody over because they have air freshness on their their rearview mirror. Like, like, come on, that is so old school. We used to get pulled over for that when I was a kid, mm-hmm. and I used to get harassed for that as a kid. But now you're still pulled. They need to change that law. There's a law that you can't have uh, anything hanging off your rearview mirror and your license plate cover. You can't have a license plate cover. You know the chrome thing that goes around your license plate when you get a car the dealer usually puts on you? Those are illegal. So you should be able to actually sue the dealer for putting that on your plate, really. But you can't have e- either of those on your car. So if you do have those on your car, just take them off. That's a, a way to pull you over and, and check to see what you're doing or, or what, what they smell in the car. And officers, man, this is what happens when you really, truly feel like you don't have to deal with the consequences of your actions. And, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't know why the young man ran, you know, for certain, but I'm. Almost Why sure it's because police officers pulled guns on them. And I'm Bro. so sick I'm so sick of police officers acting like having a gun in your face is normal. You have a gun in my face and you're giving me directions. And I'm shook because of all the other times I've seen men and women get gunned Bro. down by the police. How do you expect me to react normally in some, this situation? You asked him why he ran? Did you see the, the, the video of the U.S. Army lieutenant driving his car and they spraying him with pepper spray and threw him on the floor and all that? And he did nothing? And they wouldn't even tell him why they pulled him over? Yes. Well, we can give you that story right I'm now. And that ish. is a black army lieutenant, Karen Nazario. This happened in December. A patrol car activated its siren and emergency lights behind Karen Nazario. Now, this is a stretch of road that was very dark. It's in uh, west of Norfolk, Virginia. And he didn't want to stop just anywhere safely. So he went maybe about a mile further, pulled over at a gas station that was well lit. And at that point, two officers approached him, guns drawn yelling at him to get out of the car. He said what's going on. He was dressed in his uniform, Mm -hmm. by the way, and kept asking them what's going on. And they said, what's going on is you're fixing to ride the lightning, son. That was the response. Yeah, how about when he said, um, I'm scared, and the officer told him, you you, you should be. You should be. Like, once again, Mm -hmm. I'm so sick of police officers acting like having a gun in your face is normal. Let me pull a gun on you and just hold it in your face, and let's see how you react. You You got a gun in my face. And, and, and you're giving me directions, and I'm shook because of all the other times I've heard of people getting gunned down. I can't hear you over my own fear. 
They said take uh, And I don't know what you're even stopping me for. They're saying they're saying he had no tag displayed, that he took a long time to stop, that he had extremely dark window tints, but he had a newly purchased Tahoe. He -hmm. had two temporary plates inside of his car that were taped to the rear window and on the passenger side. And they knew about the temporary plates, but they still continued to stop him. They pulled their weapons. They detained him. They threatened to murder him. They sprayed him with pepper spray. They searched his vehicle. All of those things. Once again, man, stop with the fake patriotism. Okay? Stop with the fake patriotism. You get mad at Colin Kaepernick when he takes a knee and says that he's, uh, you know, disrespecting the American flag. He's disrespecting America. What's more disrespectful than doing that to somebody who actually went out and protected and served this goddamn country while he was in uniform? Yes. They said, guns drawn, they tell him to take your seatbelt off. Are you going to reach for your seatbelt with guns in your face? And they deranked him. You know what I mean? It was like, what are you, some type of... I, I, whatever it was, they, they weren't uh, acknowledging his actual position, which is lieutenant, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, he's a lieutenant. Just imagine the police officers from The Simpsons doing that, the, the G.I. Joes. How stupid that would look. Okay? Stop with Shut the fake up. patriotism. No, because that's well, how they it looks. Well, a- they, they did ultimately let him go, but they said that if he said anything, that they would, you know, something would happen with his job. Mm-mm-mm. And if there was some type of criminal charges, then that would mean that he wouldn't be able to be in the position as a lieutenant that he is. Yeah, they got to pass the George Floyd Policing Act. Okay, because these officers really understand that they have no consequences to their actions. You're going to have to start taking away these officers' pensions. You know what I mean? Or you're going to have to start putting these officers in prison. But until there's consequences and, 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 and uh, repercussions to their actions, none of this is going to ever change. It's just not. Uh-huh. All right. Well, that is front page. All right, well, that's your front page news. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. I'm I'm This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed. 800-585-1051. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's up? Envy is Mello. How y'all feeling today? Mello, what's up, bro? How was your weekend, man? Mello. Yo, my weekend was... How you doing, Yee? Yo, my weekend was great, but I don't even want to talk about that because I do got something to put y'all off to, but it's not even worth it right now, man. R.I.P. DMX, I'm sending prayers and healing energy to your family, man, to all your loved ones, to all your fans out there. You changed the world, brother, man. R.I.P. Word. Absolutely. I don't know why we ain't start to show off like that with some DMX, but it's a lot going on. Now, y'all was all weekend though, like real talk, like I, I didn't believe it till y'all posted. Y'all don't care about being first. Y'all care about being right. right. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You know that's interesting that you say that though, because stuff like that happens on what? What that happened? Friday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Friday like, after the show. You know, we spend all weekend talking about it. By the time we get to radio Monday, it's like we did. We feel like we did it already. Exactly. Right, and I have a lot of prep about DMX for this morning too. So we'll be talking about him all morning. For a fact, that's why I'm like, you know what? If, you know, I just gotta, I just want to be the one to say, you know, RP, send a healing energy to this family. You know, Absolutely. This, yo, the world gotta change, man, for real. Well, you gonna be, you gonna sit around uh, getting old waiting on the world to change, sir? Oh, uh, trust me. Like I said, when I put y'all on to what I'm doing, you understand, I'm definitely changing the world, brother. All yes, right, sir. Man, I love it. Thank you, brother. Right. Hello, who's this? Hey, this is Stephanie from Birmingham. Hey, good morning, mama. Get it off your chest. Yeah, I want to talk about how I'm actually happy because this weekend I actually saw two black women main event WrestleMania this like this weekend. Oh shit! Oh yeah, I saw everybody at WrestleMania. I saw my guy Kaz and Wale uh, at WrestleMania. I was my in Tampa, Florida. Yeah, Tampa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, night one it was um, Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks, and they fought 
So the SmackDown Women's Championship, and they made it at night one, and it was the first time two black women ever did something. Who won? Bianca Belair did. Okay. Is she sponsored by Rick Ross? Um, no. (laughs) She should be. Rick Ross and her should have some type of synergy since he got Belair uh, champagne. That would just make so much sense to me. Mm-hmm. I got on a Bel Air jacket this morning too. What'd you say? I said that would be cool too. So yeah, I mean she's very um, hip hop centric. She's really cool, so you guys should really check her out. All right, let's go. All right, thank you, Mama. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051 If you need to vent, hit us up right now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're man or black. Say it with your chest. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. So if you got something on your mind, let it out. Hello, who's this? What up, dog? It's Uncle Smooth from Detroit. Hey, what's, what's up, up bro? Uncle what up, Smooth? Dope? Get it off your chest. What up, love you? Man, I'm, this, is my first mor- this is my first morning on mornings. I've been working graveyards for like two years. I'm up early, check in with y'all. I'm tired of okay. that. I ain't gonna lie to you. Yeah, it's Monday, man, you know. I'm in here listening to our board op dramas tell me how bad Bunny looked so sexy last night at WrestleMania. I didn't say that. It's a wild time. He did a great hey, job of it. That's all I said. He stole the he show. Thank you. Hey, Thank I you, I want to say I'm a long-time listener to y'all. And also, could I show my girl some love? My first Go ahead, brother. Please do. You know you have to. Hey, I appreciate it. Her name is B. B. Lanel, and she does have a beautiful black business that she opened. It's called Big B Accessory. Everybody, <laughs> everybody can sit up here and follow her page on Instagram. Big B-E-E Accessory underscore, well, Big B-E-E Accessory LLC underscore. I love that he didn't try to promote his own page. Instead, he promoted his girl. No, man. No, man. I'm showing her all love. I'm straight. If nothing yeah. else, somebody, anybody check it out, just sell her out, man. Show her love. Right oh, now, she got a promo code on her page that he's uh, wow. probably a percentage off on everything. Got you. There he goes. I love it. Look at him going hard for his woman. Everything, man. Also, she ain't feeling good today. I want to show her some love. Hope you feel better, baby, and I love you. I love it, King. Appreciate man, you, brother. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for taking the call, man. Y'all take it easy. Hello, who's this? Hey, this uh, this manager, Wyatt. What's up? Hey, what's up, bro? Get what's it up? off your chest. What's up? Hey, I got three things to get off my chest. The first thing is... So I listen to y'all every morning. So I'm still in that work on uh, Friday because I'm working in the solar field right now. So we get out early because it's uh it's uh it's raining, thunder, and lightning. So my battery go dead and I have a charger. So I'm thinking to myself, why could my battery possibly go dead? Well, my dumb every day when I get to work an hour early, I sit there and I listen to y'all all morning. Thank and you. My battery end up going dead. Thank you, so sir. I end up, I end up going up there. My battery cost me two hundred and ten dollars. And guess what else they gonna say? They gonna tell myself, uh, oh yeah, you need an F U. It's called eighty nine dollars. You also need to the label on it also gonna run you a hundred and twenty. I end up paying five hundred and ten dollars. Damn. Hey, that, that's a lot of money, man, because I read a study this weekend that the average well uh, over fifty percent of Americans don't have two hundred and fifty dollars to spare. So five hundred dollars is a lot of money, sir. Yeah, thank you. Yes, sir. What do you mean? The other two things. The other two things is the other one is. So I seen an ad over the weekend on, on Instagram. I don't know how true it was, but uh, it was like uh, DJ Envy was talking and he was talking about a uh, 
a breakfast uh, mixtape or something like that. Yeah, bars for breakfast. Yeah, you, this this guy puts I, on these mixtapes and they they allow people to spit and uh, they put them on all the platforms for people. So if you want to be heard, maybe you're an artist that can get on some of the platforms. It's, it's a mixtape that they do called Bars for Breakfast, and I host that. Okay, I inbox you on that too. If you get a chance, just uh, okay, can you hear me back on that? All right, bro. I'll oh, talk to you. It's good that he asked because there'd be a lot of scams going on with these. Yeah, nah. Tips. But you know what? The crazy thing about it, there was a scam going out that said I was giving away yeah. $20,000 on Facebook. So <laughs> I guess somebody hacked it. We had to change the passwords quick because I ain't giving away no $20,000. Oh, but, yeah. man. I tried to win. No, nah, but I, they are doing a mixtape. This, this, uh, they do this mixtape and they put it on all the platforms for people so people can hear them. They pick, I think, 15 people. They get like 100 submissions and they get the best 15 people in. They try to give people, a, you know, some kind of. You know, to get on the platforms that they can't. And I host it. I listen to a lot of them, the 15 people, and, and it goes from there. But they do that once every six months. All right. Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you need to vent, you can hit us up anytime. Now, we got rumors on the way, Yee? Yes, and of course, let's start off talking about DMX. We have some tributes that we want you to hear. You know, we put out some new music right before he passed. We'll give you some more details as well. All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. The Rumor Report with Angela Angela Yee. It's the Rumor Report. The Breakfast Club. Well, rest in peace to DMX and our condolences to his family. I saw his ex-wife, Tashira. She posted about a a great tribute, and it was her birthday, too, over the weekend, by the way. Mm. So imagine having to deal with that. Man. At the same time. But he was 50 years old and the family did release a statement. They said that he was a warrior who fought to the very end. He loved his family with all of his heart and we cherish the times that we spent with him. So a lot of people were paying tribute over the weekend. It took me a minute. I had to like get off of social media and then I got back on and I was just reading a lot of, just in a DMX, everything that everybody was saying. What I love was the random people that came across him and the impact that he had on Word. their lives. Yeah. And I was like, if that's anything, that's how we should all want to be remembered as somebody who was as giving as he was and did all these random, spontaneous, amazing things for other people. Mm-hmm. Now, one person we saw pay tribute was Black Rob and people were concerned for his health. Here's what Black Rob had to say from a hospital bed. We don't have it. Yes. Oh, we don't. OK. My bad. There you go. Pain is crazy, man. It's helping me out, though, man. It's making me realize I got a lot to, I got a lot to go, man. A lot to go on, man. How you feel about X? X is big, big love, big love to X, man. Yeah, so a lot of people are concerned about what's happening with Black Rob. And according to reports, they're saying that he has revealed that he's been home. He's homeless. He was discharged from the hospital after putting out that clip. And here's more of what Black Rob had to say. Yes, no. I thought I you were talking about DMX here. It, it, I, I actually think that clip was... I've been dealing with this man for five years. Four strokes. This is crazy. This is hard, man. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't got no house to live in. Except probably, man, a, a apartment, man, for me and my me and my man to be trying to get together, man. I'm telling you, man, this is strange. It's, it's hard, man. You know what I'm saying? Man, I, I need some. I need some rest, man. My side is killing me. Yeah, no, no disrespect to Black Rob, but I just want to say that that 
thank you to DMX. You know, a lot of people don't say thank you. I've, I, I got the opportunity and chance to say thank you to his face many of times. Mm-hmm. I tell a story all the time when I was selling beats, when I was starting out as a producer, not too many believed. Uh, I know Fab bought a beat, that's my brother, and DMX heard the beats, flew me to LA. He bought four beats, paid me overpriced for the beats for me and my partner. And I always said thank you to him. He always meant a lot. He was my starter as a production person in, in the industry. And anything anything X ever called for, for his, his Bloodline label or whatever, I always made it happen. He was a great person, mm-hmm. a, a great person to be around him. The energy was always there. I felt like when he was when he was around, it always felt like God was watching. So I just want to say thank you well, and to his family. Russell Simmons said that DMX saved Def Jam. He said, I wish we could have saved him. Mm. Sure enough, he saved Def Jam. And it was a moment for us, and lots of other things happened around that time, and Def Jam exploded, but he pulled us out of the mud. I feel like he saved us, but we didn't save him. Of course, people say, oh, save yourself, but no, we should have given him more love. And we have to be responsible to the next DMX. So it's a teachable moment for me to be more responsible when I can, to reach out to those in need, to just be better. I wonder what people mean when they say gave DMX more love because DMX got a lot of love from a lot of different people. People love DMX. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't understand what they mean when they say give DMX more love. I think DMX was an anointed individual and told him that on several occasions. And I was also thinking over the weekend, you know, we say things like, oh, now that person is finally at peace. I really feel that way about Earl Simmons. And and as a fan of Earl Simmons, the man, uh, DMX, the artist, I don't feel robbed. It felt like what... You know, a lot of other celebrities pass and it feel like, you know, they got robbed. You know what I mean? I.e. Right. Nipsey, a Pac, mm-hmm. a Big, a Kobe. I think DMX lived a really full life. He left everything on the table. He gave us everything he had and mm-hmm. more. And I think his death is going to bring people closer to God because of the way he lived his life. How he always gave God the glory. He was clearly anointed and watching the videos of him praying and testifying wherever he went was very powerful and very, very positive to me this week. Well, here is... Swiss Beats, who also was very close to DMX, and here's what he had to say. My brother was a different type of brother. I never seen him live his life for himself. You ain't never seen DMX with a Lamborghini. You ain't never seen him iced out with no jury. He did not care about any of that. DMX was the biggest. And let me tell you why he was the biggest. He was the biggest because he prayed for everybody else more than he did for himself. He'd get on that stage and pray for 15,000 people knowing that he needed more prayers than everybody that he was praying for. That man suffered every day. You know why he was suffering? Because he took everybody's pain and made it his. Hey, man. I always yeah, say that X, X was X. He was not what he did. He was not what he had. He was X. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a blessing to be able to show up as your true self, your true authentic self all the time and not be enough. And the things you're hearing about him right now is exactly how you, how you should want to leave. People are not going to forget how DMX made them feel. And he made a lot of people feel uh, yeah. filled with the Holy Spirit. So drop on the clue. And like I was saying, DMX, Earl Simmons. His ex-wife, Tashira Simmons, she was celebrating her birthday, her 50th birthday, by the way, over the weekend. And she did post a mind. If you want to start bawling, crying, man, go look at her page. But she said, yeah. happy, happy birthday to me. What a ride. What a journey. And she said, I celebrate my life today. Grateful to God for the 50 years he's given me. But now I also celebrate my ex-husband, my best friend, my spiritual partner, my mentor. But I also thank God for his life and his peace and his journey and his life lessons that was passed on and that will live on for generations to come. And in the next hour, there was some new, new music 
that DMX had released, and we'll also play that for you. Yeah, brother, did, brother Earl, not going nowhere. That is that nah. is a true spirit, not a ghost. You know, in, uh, in that movie, uh, Bullworth, they say you got to be a spirit, mm-hmm. can't be no ghost. Brother Earl was an absolute spirit. You know, is it, I just want to say one last thing. You know, over the weekend, Anthony Anderson hit me. You know, Anthony Anderson, comedian, actor. And I told the story about me flying to L.A. and him leaving set and him, you know, wanted to drive car. And he would driving down 100 miles per hour down Rodeo Drive and stopping at a, a dirty pool hall to play pool and him speaking to people and all this stuff. And Anthony Anderson said, the crazy part is I never knew that. You know, he was part of that movie. And he said there was times when it was like, oh, DM- DMX is uh, flying remote control cars. But that's who he was. He wanted to show everybody love. I'd never been to L.A. at the time and he wanted to show me L.A. And it had nothing to do with him shooting a million dollar film and him supposed to be on the set. He was just like, I just want to show my brother a good time. And, and you know, to, the, to this day, I just say thank you. All right. Well, that is your rumor report. Now, front page news next. Yes. Imagine you get one point two million dollars deposited into your account by accident. What do you do next? All right. We'll get into that next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Mountain Dew is partnering with HBCUs in an effort to uplift the next generation of badass black innovators and entrepreneurs with the Real Change Opportunity Fund Pitch Competition, empowering students to go out and do. Visit mountaindew.com slash real change to enter. Hey, morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. And side note, we're playing DMX's music all week long, all morning long. So if you want to hear X song, let us know which one it is. We'll try to get it on for you. But let's get in some front page news. Where we starting, ye? Well, a 911 dispatcher working for the Jer- Jefferson Parish Sheriff's Office was arrested. And that was for allegedly refusing to return more than $1.2 million that Charles Schwab had mistakenly been deposited into her uh, brokerage account. Kelly Spadone, Ke- Keelan Spadoni was fired. Uh, so what happened is this, right? They put the money into her account by accident the next morning and they realized it right away, but they couldn't just recall it. And so the next morning they tried to reach out to her. She wasn't answering the phone. That's she wasn't right. returning text messages. She wasn't returning emails, but she did move the money to another account immediately and use some of that money to buy a new car and a new house. Now, though that money was put into her account, they said it's not her money. She has no legal claim to that money. Even if it was put in there by mistake, it was an accounting error. So now she's being sued by Charles Schwab and co. They said the company has accused her of dodging their calls, dodging their text messages, dodging their emails and everything to return that money. She should not be being sued, and you have to put yourself in other people's shoes. We've talked about this before. If I'm praying, right, and I'm Correct. asking for a blessing, I'm, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I am just finished watching Bishop T.D. Jake's sermon, Rightfully Mine. Rightfully Mine was his sermon yesterday, by the way. And I'm praying for a blessing. And then mm-hmm. the 1.2 million shows up in my account, that money is rightfully mine, okay? The banks have to start being held accountable for making these mistakes, not the people. What kind of bank does she have? Let me. And, and the reason I ask this is, I don't know about you guys, one, if I transfer money over to another account, it don't transfer over right away. It takes a couple of days. She got it the next day and was able to buy a crib and well, call it was a that fidelity, It was a Fidelity brokerage service account that she had. So the company meant account. to transfer $82.56. Instead, they transferred a little over $1.2 million. They said immediately they tried to stop it because they realized it right away and they wanted to reclaim the transfer. It didn't work. So the next day, they sent a reclaim request 
to the institution that administers the account, but they said the request was rejected because the cash was not available because she took it out right away. I think that she should get something. I think anybody, everybody should get something. <laughs> they go for jail time. No, for real. When the bank, when the the jail. Jail. no, 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 not no jail. <laughs> I'm talking about some money because when the bank makes that kind of mistake, that mistake should be on the bank, and that can cause a lot of a lot of psychological trauma to a person if they are in really dire need, which most Americans are, and they end up with 1.2 in their account, and it just gets snatched back. Just think about that. Well, they, they did recover about 75% of the money thus far, but the rest of it they haven't been able to get. Now, what if you overpay something, right? And you want to get your money back from a company. Should they be able to keep it? Not if you overpay. Overpaying if you is overpay, a mistake. Yeah, they, they, overpaying they is a mistake. Usually. And they get the money, and then you... So this was a mistake, too. No. It's the difference between overpaying and taking a whole lump sum of money and putting yeah. it in somebody's account. That's a big difference. Just like when people send out a cash app or a PayPal by accident and they want their money back because they didn't mean to send it to that person. They're not getting it back. Uh, They'll get some of it back if they could get somebody on the cash app or on the phone, depending on if they they spent it or not. But that money was put in her account as an error. She knew it was an error, and she spent it anyway. So I'm they need talking. that money back. And if they don't I have mean, that if money back, I mean, you know that they're it. contacting you, they're texting you, they're emailing you, they're calling yeah, you, and you're just ignoring it. The next day, and you took it out right Listen, away. You gotta you get. Know, you gotta you get. Know there's gonna be some type of repercussion. If we live in a country where over fifty percent of the people don't have two hundred and fifty dollars to spare, you gotta give folks some type of incentive for receiving what they what they have every right to look at as a blessing. If you imagine just getting up off your knees from praying and asking God to oh. bless you and then you she, open your bank account and all of that money is there. She shouldn't be in jail for that. You can't do that. Just like if I she drop my wallet. If I drop my wallet, you can't say, oh, my God, this is a blessing and ball out. You can't do that. It's the same thing. That's somebody's money. That's not the bank's money. I'm not saying that she shouldn't re- give the money back, but I'm saying she should get something and she should not be in jail for this. Because you have to understand well, exactly look, she why she feels the, the way she answer, feels. Answer the phone, she bought a house the and a car. Messages. She probably like was she scared at she that point. A, no, she wasn't. You're Listen, you're, where are you going to hide? They what? know all your information. This is your account. Y'all are crazy. Where are you going to hide? This, where are you going to go? That's my point. This is America 2020, 21. I would be scared to death if some money magically appeared in my account that all of a sudden I start getting all these phone calls from people. I would think this is some type of setup. I'd be afraid You're just to pick up the- You're not scared if you took the money out and spent well, it right away. Just take a picture for the gram and give the money back. That's it. No. No. <laughs> all right. Well, that is your front page. I'm like, imagine this. being starving and somebody puts a plate of food down like to a child and then you take the food away. It's like, oh, that's not yours. This kid's still sitting there hungry. Like, you got to give the kids something. Got to, man. In this era? Come on, man. All right. Now, when we come back, who's joining us this morning? Sarah Jakes Roberts. Yeah, no, that's usually Charlotte. Charlamagne goes, Sarah Jakes Roberts. She has a new book out called Woman Evolve. All right, let's start this again. All right, we got somebody coming up special. Who's joining us, Charlamagne? Well, you know, we're doing this again because last week we had technical difficulties. And uh, I I, I watched, I listened to this woman's podcast. You know, I, I watch her when she, you know, fills in for her father on Sundays at times. She has a podcast called Woman Evolve, and she has a book out right now called Woman Evolve. Sarah Jake Roberts will be joining us this morning. That's we right. got we'll it right this morning. There we go. We'll kick it with her when we come back. So don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We have a special guest on the line. Take two. two. That's why right. uh, we were supposed to. Uh, we actually did this interview last week, but the audio sounded disgusting and trash. And I tried to tell him. But nobody listens to little old Envy. Nobody listens to little Envy, old Envy, you didn't speak. You sent text messages in the middle of an interview where no one's looking at their phone because we're doing an interview. 
Well, it's very hard to take a guy with all that Beijing on his chin serious. You it's know not about me, ladies and gentlemen. You die, when you die, Sarah bit... Jakes Roberts. Hey. What's up, family? Good morning. Good morning. Sarah's got a new book out called Woman Evolve, yes. Break Up With Your Fears and Revolutionize Your Life. What is this book about, Ms. Roberts? This book is about Eve, really. Eve from the Bible, who, I don't know if you're like me, I used to say, like, when I get to heaven, I'm going to drag Eve. But um, <laughs> as I was studying, no. Because she had one job. Like, I don't know how far we can get into this, but we gave her one job, and she failed at it miserably. At least I thought, until I started studying her life and realized that I'm actually more like Eve than I care to admit. She knew better, but didn't do better. But her story doesn't end the moment she eats from the forbidden fruit there is redemption connected to her story and when i discovered that redemption i felt like i wanted to rescue eve and any other woman like her who knows what it's like to get stuck in life but still want to move beyond where they are can we stay here for a second because i've always looked at eve and i've all she's always been perceived as evil in the bible i've never even okay. thought about the redemption aspect of eve i don't know why i even never got to that part what, what is the redemption aspect of eve well, Eve ends up ultimately paving the way for Jesus to enter the world. So those who believe in the Christian faith know that she is ultimately the gateway for divinity. And yet we see that her actions in the garden have really vilified not just her, but so many women have been affected by it corporately as it relates to equality and professionally in our society and culture. Eve is kind of the woman that set the tone for what it means to be a woman in general. And I feel like as we rescue her, we're going to see other women begin to see how they can take their place in the world as well. So if Jesus died for our sins and he came after Eve, is it like retroactive forgiveness for Eve with Jesus? <laughs> I, I don't... You, you know, I, I would like to believe that. I okay. think that... Um, at the end of the day, I think there's so much to Eve's story that gives us insight into what it means to be humans in general. And um, the idea that God told them to be fruitful and multiply, to have dominion. I hear tones of leadership there. And I feel like that speaks to man's belief that men and women can serve in having dominion over the earth. So I think that Jesus ultimately gets us back to God's original intention. So Eve is kind of our homegirl because she puts us back in our place. Now, how was growing up in the church? Now, you know, your dad is Bishop T.D. Jakes and you know, your dad is Bishop T.D. Jakes. And I just feel like that would be difficult growing up in the church, like a lot of pressure. The world is watching you. The congregation is watching you. So, so how was that? It was a lot of pressure. I'm grateful that we kind of were adults when social media began to take its place. Because, Me too. <laughs> listen, <laughs> because if we would have been growing up in this day and age, when I got pregnant, I got pregnant at 13 and had my son at 14. Like this would have been stuff that like went viral. And yet in the context of our church community, there was a lot of heat. But um, we were sheltered in that it didn't take on this, uh, you know, virality that we see things taking place on now. But it was difficult being raised as, you know, the daughter of T.D. Jakes with everyone looking, especially when you've had some struggles in, in mountains to climb like I have. Yeah, but he, said he was so shocked. He said, you know, he didn't know you would ever have a boyfriend or dating anybody. So mm -hmm. he was like, he was just shocked. It was a scene I will never forget. It was as if all the air went out of the room. Sarah walked in the door and told us that which she had hidden from us for a long time. Uh, I was shocked she'd never been on a date. Uh, I was disappointed. I was hurt. Uh, but I was committed because to me, family is loyalty. 
Yeah. What was, what was that conversation like when you went to your dad and said, hey, dad, Bishop T.D. Jakes with this congregation in church, how was that conversation? Okay, so my sister Snitch, she <laughs> told my parents that I was pregnant, but I do also think it's important, like you guys know Bishop T.D. Jakes, but like Bishop T.D. Jakes is someone I saw Sundays, you know, Saturday nights and Sunday mornings, Monday through Friday, he was my dad, you know? And I think any daughter who has to tell someone who was like their superhero that I'm in a situation that I don't think you can save me from finds it challenging. And yet he tried in his own way to put on his cape and rescue me. And yet, even with his attempts, I started to work through my own shame and guilt and insecurities. And that was like almost a 10 year process of finally finding my worth after that. 10 years. So from 14 to 24, you didn't you didn't get to a place of worthy till you was 24. Yeah, for sure. I think that. um it's one thing to like do something that the church doesn't agree with. But anytime the church doesn't agree with, you can leave the church and find community somewhere else, right? But when you are a teenage pregnant woman, like whether you are in the church or in society and culture, like there is really no community that says you're welcomed here and we understand you. And so it did take me a long time, some toxic relationships and bad choices to really try and figure out like, well, where do I fit? And it wasn't until I really came to the consciousness that I fit anywhere I am placed that I began to see my life change. Do you think you suffered from imposter syndrome? I know we talk about that a lot as women, how we feel like we're not worthy to be in the spaces that we're in. Do you feel like you dealt with that? I did deal with that. And it's funny, I feel like even with Woman Evolve, when I was writing the book, I felt so confident about it and the content because I just like was praying that God would help other women who were like me, other Eve women. Like if you say Woman Evolve, you can hear like Eve's name in there. So I wanted to rescue every Eve that would ever pick up this book. And yet, as it's been time for me to kind of push the book, I've had to step into this place of like authority and leadership and belief in what's happening in my life. And that was very much so something that initially felt like imposter syndrome but when I realized like I belong here like this is where I belong this is what I've been called to do like I'm anointed to do this I step into my anointing and my confidence in that as opposed to what my fears and insecurities say so you never had any reservations at all about getting in the same space as your father it's not like your father's just you know any old pastor or spiritual leader I mean that's Bishop T.D. Jakes well, I didn't have any reservations because I feel like I kind of stumbled into it. If I would have intentionally like decided to be in ministry, I may have had the time to have second guesses and thoughts, but I was just sharing my story about what it means to be a woman trying to heal, trying to recover and grow and find her worth again. And then when I realized it was affecting people and I was like praying for them, I'm like, well, this feels like ministry. And so I embraced it as ministry, but I was still content to do it my way. And I feel like even though there are some similarities to my dad and I's, you know, grace and anointing, like we couldn't be more different in some aspects of how we engage with the culture and the world around us. All right, we have more with Sarah Jake Roberts. When we come back, her book, Woman Evolve, is out right now. We'll talk to her some more. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Sarah Jakes Roberts. Charlamagne? When I watch your sermons, you know, when, when you... Uh, are on some Sundays or, you know, and I listen to your podcast, you don't come off as a traditional pastor. Do you, do you consider yourself a traditional pastor or spiritual leader? 
No, I, but I don't think anyone should be like a traditional pastor because I think we all have our own unique grace and anointing. But I mean, on my podcast last week, I did a DMX tribute episode because like I'm not going to act like the 90s didn't raise me and the mm-hmm. 2000s didn't shape me. And like I understand what it means to be a black woman in particular, like in the culture and navigating faith. And I feel like I've got to bring all of myself so that people can trust me with all of themselves and together we get to evolve into whoever it is God had in mind when he created us. You're the perfect balance of ratchetness and righteousness. And I'm going to tell you something about DMX. (laughs) That man is anointed. The same feeling I get when I'm around your dad is how I feel when I'm around DMX. That man is anointed. I believe that. I watched a lot of his interviews and um, even watching like Demi Lovato's YouTube documentary, Dancing with the Devil, like I recognize that when you're battling with a disease that it can be difficult to work through. But at the end of the day, his anointing continued to shine no matter what he went through. And I felt like even seeing people outside with the prayer vigil outside the hospital, I just felt like that is a sign of your anointing coming through no matter what you've gone through. He brought people together to pray. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's powerful. You know, Sarah, you said you wanted to drag Eve, right, at one point. Have have you ever wanted to drag people who speak on your father and say that he's fake and he's he's in it for the money? Have have, have you ever wanted to put hand, holy hands on somebody for that? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt. But I think that when people see you as a larger than life figure, and I know you guys can relate to this, like when they see you as larger than life, they forget that at the end of the day, like you are a person, you have friends and family and children and you matter to them like this is someone who we're going to do life with whether y'all applause listen to the show or not and so there is this element of protection that you wish you could have for people who are in the limelight you know i i don't mind being in my dad's shadows because that means that i'm under the protection when there's heat you know and um so as i step out of that a little bit i'm more thankful that he's shown me how to walk this walk out so what about forgiveness, though? Is is it easy to forgive when you talk about, you know, people going at your dad or even you being a, a teen, a pregnant teen mom? And I'm sure the congregation had things to say. Is it easy for you to forgive? It's not easy always. I think it depends on what's happening and how low the blow is, you know. But I think forgiveness is something that you're constantly reminding yourself that you've forgiven. Like sometimes I get frustrated with Eve or sometimes I get frustrated with myself or someone who I'm in relationship with who I'm forgiving. And it feels like I'm constantly renewing my mind to the reality that I am walking in forgiveness. I don't think forgiveness is something that you flip the switch on and you're automatically walking in it. I think it is a decision that you have to remind yourself that you have made over and over again. It, it was so freeing to hear you say that about forgiveness because that's something that I'm constantly working on because people are always like, oh, you got to forgive, you got to forgive. But I'd be like, man, instead of saying God bless a person, I just say I hope a person gets what they deserve. That's it. And I don't even mean that in a positive <laughs> or negative way. I just hope you, yeah, just even, even when it comes to have a nice day, nope, have the day you do you, you deserve. You know, but Charlamagne, you've evolved a lot. Like, I listened to Brilliant Idiots. I've listened to it for years. And I think even seeing your path and the whole Black Men Don't Cheat movement, like, I think to see your growth, I think it's really great for uh, you to be stepping into this place with your influence where mental health is important, where we're talking about our spiritual journeys in whatever capacity that is. And so I think even you freeing people to be able to say, you know, I hope they get whatever they deserve and not I hope they trip over a rock mm-hmm. and that they're shoes. <laughs> are always sliding off of their feet. It's very powerful. Thank you. Thank you. But you know, we want forgiveness too. So if we want people to forgive us, we have to also be willing to forgive. 
Absolutely. I think it's more difficult to forgive when you haven't practiced Mm self-forgiveness. And if you don't know how to forgive yourself, then it's even more challenging to feel like I need to forgive someone else. It depends but, what they did. It, it depends <laughs> depends what 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 they did. If, if if you should forgive them or not, in my opinion, some people are just I. It's not going. You know, they say the main reason for forgiveness though is for yourself, Ooh. like for that burden of <laughs> being angry and having these feelings towards somebody when you could let you have like letting that go does feel freeing. Well, DMX said that you can just come to a place of forgiveness by just trusting people to be who they're going to be. And in a way, that is freeing because Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm not going to keep expecting for you to walk with integrity, to say the right things and do the right things. I'm just going to trust you to be you. And in a way, I feel like they're forgiving and forgetting are two different things. And just because I forgive you doesn't mean I've had to forget it. And I feel like that's exactly what DMX was kind of speaking to in that clip that we've seen recently. And I also think empathy is really important, too, because people come from different spaces and different backgrounds in their life and it might cause them to act in a certain manner that we don't understand because we don't come from that space but I've met so many people that on the surface you might say okay what's wrong with this person but then when you hear about their background how they were raised the struggles that they've gone through it kind of makes you feel more empathy toward why they may act the way that they do now and then you can go back and be like okay they do need some help yeah I totally agree. I see this a lot in parental relationships. A lot of people I talk to are dealing with like, how do I forgive my parents for not giving me what I needed emotionally uh, and spiritually? And I feel like to your point, that it's easy to see it from the perspective of a child who was in need. But a lot of times when we've taken the full picture of our parents, we realize that they didn't get a lot of the things that they needed in order to show up in life. I try to break that down in the book, just how we zoom out of the picture to see the fullness of a person so that we're not just defining them by our experience with them. You know, and, and how do you how do you deal with faith and with people in congregation with your faith? And the reason I ask that is, you know, during the pandemic, I, it feels like some people might have lost some of their faith. And, you know, just seeing family members pass away and family members get sick, or, you know, the, the elderly and, and younger kids and everything going on in the world. What do you tell people during that time or during this time? Man, I give people permission to be where they are. I think one of the mistakes that we can see played out in religion sometimes is forcing people to be like, God is good even when your heart is grieving. God is good even when you feel fragile. Like there's literally a part of the book where like, is God good? Question mark. Of course, I know the answer is yes, but there are moments where you don't feel the goodness of God. And I think we've got to give people permission to be there so that they can experience God in their grief. You know, um, and I wholeheartedly believe that it was never God's intention for us to have pandemics or God's intention for us to experience racism mm-hmm. and the social injustice that we experienced. And yet this is very much so a part of the reality of what it means to be human. And so the promise isn't that everything will be good or that your heart won't break sometimes. The promise is if you keep walking this thing out, I can show you how to work everything together in a way that it turns out for your good. For your good, it doesn't always feel good, though. All right, well, don't move. We got more with Sarah Jakes Roberts. When we come back, it's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We're still kicking it with Sarah Jakes Roberts. Charlamagne? It's so many great messages that you that you have in Women Evolve. Um, one that I really love is uh, you talk about past failures, and you say, you know, past failures should not be the focus. Why should past failures not be the focus? I mean, it's like driving uh, forward, but looking at the rear view. I mean, I lived, like I said earlier, like almost 10 years looking at this past failure of, 
you know, just a teen pregnancy, which was actually the fruit of an insecurity. But that was still the only thing that I saw for 10 years. And in that 10 year span, you know, there were so many other ways that I could have been showing up in the world, so many different ways that I could have been healing. And so to look forward is to say, okay, here's my wound, here's my openness, here's my my brokenness, but how do I heal where I am now instead of looking at the damage that brought me here in the first place? How do you think having a baby at 14 helped you evolve as a, as a person? Man, my work ethic, because <laughs> at 14, when you have a baby, like when other kids are like thinking about yeah, high school, you're like you're a thinking, baby, you're still a baby at 13, a child, 14. Yes. A child. Envy is crazy. My daughter's 11 now. And I just, I see how young I was at that moment. Like she's 11 and she's ready for lip gloss and she wants nails. And so she thinks she's more mature than she is. And I realized just how young I was to be 13 years old, finding out I was pregnant. And so instantly my mind switched into that of like, what should I be doing? as a mother who am I going to have to become and so I think that that's contributed a lot to my work ethic I think it's made me wise for my years as people say because I'm able to talk to women who are 50 60 years old on a journey of evolving not because I am their age but because I understand the weight that life puts on you at a really early age you know we had we had the great Bishop T.D. Jakes your father on this week he said that you hid your pregnancy is that true Oh yeah, I was four months. Oh yeah, who? Why are we telling folks we pregnant? <laughs> why, why would we do that? I, yeah, I was four months pregnant before they found out. Four months pregnant. Wow! And you said your sister snitched on you? She sure did. She wrote a letter and left it in the mailbox with her handwriting. And um, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. You know, it took me about 10 years to forgive her for that. Too, but I was going to ask you, how long ago did you forgive her? <laughs> she might have really did you I a favor. <laughs> she did. She definitely did me a favor because I'd have probably been giving birth in the bathroom <laughs> before they found out. But um, my sister, um, she's always been that way, though, where she, like, doesn't mind saying what needs to be said regardless of the outcome. I'll never forget being in high school, and they were talking about teen moms. Of course, I wasn't bringing my son to high school with me, so they didn't know I was a mom. And she stands up in the middle of the cafeteria, <laughs> and she was like, my sister had a baby at 14, and she ain't no hoe. I was like, oh, God. What? <laughs> Why is she volunteering <laughs> Why? that information? Why? Right. Why? <laughs> but she volunteered the information. That's what she does, and we love her because she says things to people on Instagram and Twitter that I could never say, and yet she just lives her life the way that she is. She's amazing. That's great. You know, sometimes it takes for people to really hit like the bottom for them to evolve. Do you feel mm -hmm. like for yourself, you had to really hit a low point for you to realize what you needed to do? Oh yeah, definitely. I um, this like I wrote about this in my memoir, so I won't go into details. But I had this moment where I had cut up, and someone called the police on me. And the police were like, I'm not going to arrest you, but you're going to have to go see a CPS officer. At this point, I had two children and I was walking out of the CPS office and I was thinking to myself, if you don't stop, if you don't get yourself together, you're going to end up in prison. You're going to lose your kids. The very thing you're trying to do to prove that you're a good mother, you're losing because you're trying so hard to build an image for other people. And I really feel like that was the rock bottom where I said, like, I'm not going to go out like this. This, there's got to be something better for me than where I am right now. But you do realize that's why people like myself gravitate towards you. You know what I'm saying? Because you've been through real experiences. You've you've you're openly flawed. You've 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 had wounds that you tried to heal. Like I don't like people that come off as perfect. I hate perfect acting people. 
Yeah. I mean, I didn't know that that's, that would be what people gravitated towards me for. But I do think that as we talk about people in faith in general, I think a lot of times when we see people leaving communities of faith, it has to do with the fact that like they don't see themselves. Like I don't see myself up there. So I don't see how I'm supposed to do these things that you're telling me to do. And yet we do see these little like niche groups. Like I would say what my husband and I are able to do where we do leave in authenticity and even my father as well, authenticity and trans transparency because at the end of the day I don't want you to just do what I say I want to live a life that shows you that it's difficult for me to do it too but at the end of the day we keep reaching we keep stretching and pressing towards that mark because we do believe that there's a higher calling now this might be a stupid question but you do you do listen to hip-hop how did you feel when you used to hit Brenda's got a baby this is a great question mm-hmm. I think I don't know um, you know I do feel like I felt like you know I can understand Brenda but mm-hmm. you know for some reason dear mama stood out in my mind more because I wanted my son to be able to say that to me now even though I wasn't a crack fiend you know I think the idea of this broken mother whose son still found a way to honor and value her really played out in my heart it's something that I hope my son would be able to say about me. Wow. All right, bro. You know, my, my, my last question, because, you know, we're talking about evolution. When you evolve from your past failures, when you evolve from the times you came up short, we have to give each other grace. I asked your father that, I asked your father this question this week. I asked Kelly Price it this week. Why doesn't this era give, give more grace? How important is uh, grace? Grace is... <laughs> so important but I think that uh, it's so easy to to make a judgment we don't really have a generation that has to sit with things because the, even the way social media said we're moving from one headline to the next headline and grace is something that you have to really sit in it's something that you have to stretch your heart to make capacity for and yet I think because we're constantly inundated with information and experiences that we make a quick judgment so that we can move to the next thing and I think that what we're going to find and my husband and I talk about this all the time we don't fully understand the implications of social media. But what I do think we're going to find over time is that people haven't had an opportunity to fully process the information overload that we're exposed to every single day. It's way too much. It's way too much. Well, I, I mean, I think it's only right. We didn't do this with your father. I don't know why, <laughs> but it's only right that we end with a prayer, if you don't mind leading us in a prayer. Absolutely. God, we acknowledge your presence. We acknowledge that you are all-knowing. You are all-powerful. And yet there are moments where we know nothing and we don't always feel powerful. We invite your presence into those parts of our lives, into our marriage dynamic, into our family dynamic, into our dreams, our hopes, our purpose. You are all knowing, you know the path that we will take. And so we ask that you would bring us into alignment with what you're gonna do in our lives, that you would help us to release anything that doesn't look like you and embrace the goodness connected to our identity. Forgive us for thinking too small sometimes, thinking too big, and allow us to step with confidence and the assurance that you are always with us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Queen Sarah Jake Roberts, the the book book is Woman Evolved, Break Up With Your Fears and Revolutionize Your Life. Sarah Jake Roberts, you are so necessary, man. I told you this before, but you and your father, man, y'all really helped. Help the brother like me get through 2020 with y'all words, man. So, 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 thank you for being you. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank, thank you, you guys so for letting me come back on twice. I did the breakfast club twice in one week. You know you what? They just said nothing. it. They just said it didn't record. 
Ah, uh, okay, I'll be back. Now, when 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 everything clears up, I definitely want you and uh, Mr. Torre in studio. I think that would be incredible for our listeners. I always love that. Thank you all. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Peace. Sarah Jake Peace. Roberts. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee. Rumor has it. On the Breakfast Club. So listen well, before DMX passed away, he was back to work and he was planning for this to be a big comeback year. There were rumors that he was working on a brand new album with Swizz. According to reports, that album has been completed and was getting ready to be released this summer. Now, they're also saying that he has a documentary that he had been working on and that documentary was supposed to come out on HBO Max. So I'm not sure where they are with that right now, but... Uh, you know, supposedly, hopefully something like that. We'll get a chance to see. He was also working on doing more movies as well. So here's a new song, X Moves. Now, this song was released a few hours uh, prior to DMX passing, and it features Bootsy Collins, as well as the drummer from the rock band Deep Purple and the guitarist from the rock band Yes. I make moves to get me where I'm going. Uh Yeah. If it ain't rough, it ain't me. But it's what he means, they leave. I've been talking about how my boy's great D. It makes it a demon with his own venom. Don't get rappers and show but the microphones in them. That's just the trying to hand, so they got to get it. I'll be down, you just got back, back. So I'll try some with it. Makes perfect sense for X to uh, be doing rock music. With that voice mm-hmm. and that energy. I wonder if that's the Death Jam album that's supposed to come out. No, this was actually a different project. Oh, okay, okay, okay. This was... Yeah, that was a, a collaboration, but the label that actually put this out, Cleopatra Records, uh, put that that out right before he passed away. Yeah, because all right now, Def Jam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Def Jam also compiled DMX's prayers for lifelong inspiration, a dog's prayer EP, and that hit streaming services early on Friday. Track number two of this is called Prayer Three. Was played during his vigil outside White Plains Hospital on Monday, where hundreds of people gathered to celebrate. DMX and spread some positive energy. Lord Jesus, it is you who wakes me up every day. And I am forever grateful for your love. This is why I pray. You let me touch so many people. And it's all for the good. I influence so many children. I never thought that I would. And I couldn't take credit for the love they get. Because it all comes from you, Lord. I'm just the one that's giving it. And when it seems like the pressure gets to be too much, Take time out and pray, and ask that you be my crutch. Yo, I cried over this weekend, man. When DMX passed, I cried. Yeah, like I really teared up and cried because it's—he's such—he was such a good person and such a given person, and it, and 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 the circumstances of of why he started using drugs and the whole story. And, you know, how he talks about his mom and how was, you know, he was supposed to go visit a group home and his mom left him at the group. But like his whole life. Yeah. But he made me really cry, man. Yeah. But he was he, he was still an anointed individual. I say, I say it all the time. Every time you was around DMX, you saw and you felt God. And if you didn't recognize God in DMX, it's because you're too busy looking, you know, in, in people in places where you believe God should be. But that don't mean God is there. But he was definitely in DMX. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I love seeing was everybody telling their random stories. Like one one girl was on social media and she was talking about how she heard him in the hallway at the hotel she was staying at. She ran out there to talk to him. And he's the reason that she forgave her father who had addiction. Mm-hmm. 
uh, problems. I saw a lot of people just telling these stories about running into him and what their experience was like. And I think that's great. Like, I think just the way that he lived his life, the way that he's being remembered right now is extraordinary. Mm -hmm. And it's inspirational. All right. That is your rumor report. All right. Charlamagne, who are you giving the donkey to? Oh, man, we need that police officer in Virginia. What's, what's that bum-ass guy's name? What's his name? I can't remember his name right now, but he needs to come to the front of the congregation. we like to have a word with him. All right, we'll get into that next. It's the oh, Breakfast Joe, Club. Oh, Joe Gutierrez. Yes. Joe Gutierrez. Joe Gutierrez. All right, Gutierrez. we'll get into that next. Whatever. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. What's up? Angela here. And yeah, what's General your... Insurance has been helping people save money for nearly 60 years. They offer the quality coverage you deserve at prices you can afford. Make the right call and go with the General. Call 800-GENERAL or visit thegeneral.com. Some restrictions apply. Don't be out here acting like a donkey. Hee-haw, bitch. Hee-haw. It's time for Donkey of the Day. <laughs> I'm a big boy. I can take it. If he feel I deserve it, ain't no big deal. I know Charlamagne guy gonna have some funny shit to say out his mouth. Just because I say something you may not agree with doesn't mean I'm mean. Who's getting that donkey? That donkey. That donk, 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 donk. Donkey of the Day right there. <laughs> The, the breakfast club, bitch. You can call me the donkey of the day, but like, I mean no harm. Yes, donkey of the day for Monday, April 12th goes to uh, Joe Gutierrez. Am I pronouncing his last name right? Joe Gutierrez? Is Gutierrez. That Gutierrez. Uh, he is the police officer accused of using excessive force during a traffic stop in Windsor, Virginia. First of all, we saw the video, okay? Uh, I hate having to use the words accused for things that we all saw. Saying he's accused of using excessive force still creates doubts in the brains of some humans who don't want to accept the fact that there's absolute systemic racism in law enforcement, that a large majority of law enforcement officials have an implicit bias towards black and brown people, and it results in situations like this, okay? Calling him accused, all right? Saying he's accused for something we all saw is a slap in the face to our intelligence. And once again, you know, they get the benefit of the doubt, a presumption of innocence, even though they are on camera, that we don't get for nothing, okay? Now, if you didn't want to be triggered this weekend and you avoided the video, I totally understand. Uh, I didn't watch the whole thing my damn self, had to turn it off. It's too much, okay? Because as a black man, I cannot watch that video without immediately putting myself in that situation. And the way my anxiety is set up, I can have a panic attack just watching uh, this brother's trauma. So let me explain to you what happened. It's really simple. A police officer in Virginia confronted a uniformed black army lieutenant at gunpoint and pepper sprayed him during a traffic stop. Would you like to hear some of it so you can hear how ridiculous this all sounds? Well, let's go to WVEC ABC 13 for the report, please. It's the traffic stop getting national attention. An Army second lieutenant is suing the Windsor Police Department after he says a traffic stop turned violent. Now the town of Windsor is responding to calls for transparency. On Sunday, the town of Windsor revealed they conducted and completed their own investigation into the December traffic stop with Army second lieutenant Lieutenant Caron Nazario. The investigation shows that department policy was not followed and disciplinary action was taken. Officer Gutierrez, the man responsible for pepper spray Nazario, was fired from the department. Windsor police also implemented additional training back in January following the investigation. Now the Virginia State Police has been called to conduct a separate investigation. The town of Windsor did not release any information involving the second officer, Daniel Crocker. Can we hear some of the actual uh, traffic stop? Do we have some of that? It's only myself. Why are your weapons drawn? What's going on? Get out of the car now! I'm serving this country and this is how I'm treated? Yo, well, guess what? I'm a veteran too. I don't know, babe. Get out of the car! What's going on? 
What's going on? You're fixing to ride the lightning, son. I'm honestly afraid to get out. Can I? Yeah, you, you should what's be. Going? Get out now. I have not committed any crimes. You're being stopped by crime violence. You're not cooperating at this point right now. You're under arrest for. You're being detained. Okay, you're being detained for, for a traffic violation. I do not have to get out the vehicle. You haven't even told no, me why I'm being stopped. That's f***ed up. I I don't even want to reach for my seatbelt. Can you take your seatbelt oh, off and get out of the car? You made this way more difficult than it had to be. Oh, he made it way more difficult than it had to be. He did. Mm -mm -mm. America is the most fake patriotic country in the world. Citizens of this country don't really love America. Y'all love the idea of America, not the reality of America. I really wish America would just admit that freedom, liberty, and justice is not for all. Okay? I really wish they would just admit that when they said, we the people, that that wasn't inclusive of all people. I mean, it couldn't be when black people were labeled three-fifths of a human in those same documents and were looked at as property, not people. Okay? For white folks, it was we the people. For black people, it's we the property. Okay, and that systemic racism has invaded every single institution in the country, but probably no place greater than law enforcement and the medical system. So much so that regardless of what race you are, when you have that blue uniform on, you become what you may have once hated. Okay, and regardless of what uniform those of us in the lower caste system have on, we still get treated like niggas. Okay, do you realize how ridiculous this video is? Okay, let me break it down in terms of cartoons so you can understand. Imagine Chief Clancy Wiggums and the Springfield Police Department from The Simpsons doing something like this to Duke from G.I. Joe. You can't even imagine that, right? Exactly. Not to mention, these are the same people who probably feel Colin Kaepernick was disrespecting the military by kneeling during the national anthem. Well, guys... Okay, this is why Colin kneeled. And if taking a knee during the national anthem is disrespecting the flag, then please tell me, what is pepper spraying a second lieutenant in the Army during a traffic stop considered? If you ever needed proof that America truly doesn't give a damn about its veterans, active or otherwise, man, this is it. Okay, I've gotten on this radio and said a million times, if you serve this country, you should never want for anything. You should get free room and board. You should get the best free health care. You should be able to get a free education at any university in this country whenever you want. You should be tax exempt, okay? You should get a stipend every month to take care of expenses like bills, food, etc. If you are a military veteran who has put their life on the line for this country, you should be treated like a goddamn royal. Okay, at the least, you should not be standing around begging for change. And at the least, you should not be pepper sprayed while you are in full uniform. <laughs> if they do that to this brother Karen, uh, Karen Karan Nazario, then our black asses don't stand a chance, okay? And I know y'all racism apologists will say, why didn't he just comply? Why was he resisting? I'm so sick of y'all acting like, number one, I can't question the police when I'm pulled over. Yes, I want to know why I'm being stopped. And two, y'all, and by y'all, I mean you racism apologists and police officers, have you ever had a gun in your face? Have you ever just had a gun pointed at you? Not only a gun in your face, but a gun in your face by someone that you can't just defend yourself against, okay? Anyone other than a cop pulls a gun out on me, I can pull mine and defend myself. I can't do that against police officers without facing severe consequences and repercussions. Okay, severe consequences and repercussions that they would never get. Okay, but y'all acting like having a gun in your face is normal. You got a gun in my face and you giving me commands and I'm shook because of all other times I've seen and heard of people getting killed by police. Sorry if I can't hear you over me myself. Okay. We keep acting like these are random incidents. We keep acting like police officers don't understand the power they possess. They say if we just comply, if we just obey, everything will be fine. Hmm. Listen to this brother, 
Karan Nazario, attempt to explain to the officers that he's scared, and rightfully so. Listen and then listen to their reply. What's going on? What's going on? You're fixing to ride the lightning, son. I'm honestly afraid to get out. Can I? Yeah, you, you should be. Going? Get out. <laughs> I don't even know what the hell he said in the beginning, okay? He's talking like he's from Asgard. Did he just threaten his brother with lightning? What did he say? Play that from the beginning part again? What's going on? What's going on? You're fixing to ride the lightning, son. What the hell is he? I don't even know what he said. You're about what? to ride the lightning, I guess, meaning they about to get, he about to tase him. Well, who is he? The officer of thunder? What the <laughs> hell is he talking about? You about to get hit with lightning. Okay, I don't know what the hell he's saying, and I don't have time to figure it out when you have a gun in my face. But when I tell a police officer I'm scared, and the cop replies, you should be. Well, I definitely heard that. I definitely understand that. And once you say that to me as a police officer, what is there to discuss? This sounds pretty non-negotiable to me. Sounds like a former officer, Joe Gutierrez, has his mind made up, and I'm probably about to die. Okay, now Joe Gutierrez has been fired, and uh, Karen Nazario is suing, saying that the officers violated his constitutional rights. You think? Okay, and I know that he will win, and I pray that he wins, but this officer being fired doesn't seem like enough at all. He needs to be arrested and charged with a crime. The Windsor Police Department fired him, and they said that their policies were not followed, okay? Well, being that their policies were not followed and this guy went rogue, um, then I think that's assault. All right. That should be assault with a deadly weapon. That's a crime. Pointing and presenting a firearm. That's a crime. He should be charged. OK, his pension should be used to pay whatever civil suit Karen Nazario wins. That's why abolishing qualified immunity is so important, because if you get rid of it now, you can uh, directly sue police officers and other government officials. Imagine if you could sue these nut ass police officers for damages in civil court and it came out of their money. Money they currently have and their future pensions. I guarantee police officers would immediately start moving different if the consequences to their actions were losing their pensions and prison time. But as it currently stands, nothing happens to them when they do stuff like this to us. There is a quote about veterans I read once, and it was the willingness of America's veterans to sacrifice for our country has earned them our lasting gratitude. Is this what lasting gratitude looks like, America? Because to me, this looks like, oh, this is the mother effing thanks I get. Please let Remy Ma give Joe Gutierrez the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw, hee-haw, you stupid mother are you dumb. I have no idea if I was pronouncing anybody's name right in that whole thing. I don't think you were, but you tried. That's the, that's, the, that's the best thing about it. You know, God knows my heart, and y'all know the story. There you go. Mm -hmm. All right, well, thank you for that donkey of the day. Now, up next, let's talk Kid Cudi. Now, over the weekend, Kid Cudi was performing on Saturday Night Live, and he wore a, a dress. It was an off-white dress. Uh, I guess what do you mean off-white dress? Like the color? No, no, the designer. Virgil's company, off-white. Oh. oh, he designed the dress for him. Got you. Uh, people are saying this was a, a tribute to Kurt Cobain because Kurt Cobain wore a similar type of dress. So we're just asking, what are your thoughts? Let's open up the phone lines, 800-585-1051. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Pull out, pull out, pull out your phone. Call in right now. You call me. Add your opinion to The Breakfast Club topic. Break it down. 800-585-1051. The Breakfast Club. It's topic time. Call 800-585-1051 to join into the discussion with The Breakfast Club. Let's talk about it. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Uh, just a second ago, Charlemagne gave uh, Officer in Virginia Donkey today. 
And when he said ride the lightning, people hit me. And I thought it was a taser. I asked the police officer. They said that's being tased. But they said it, it means the electric chair, I guess. Mm-hmm. What the hell are you going to find in an electric chair? You just carry those in your car or something? I, I, I don't know. But I, I guess that's what he was referring and, and to. And former police officer Joe Gutierrez. Right. Yes. All right. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about Kid <clears throat> Cuddy. Over the weekend, he was performing on Saturday Night Live, and he wore a dress. This dress was uh, designed by Virgil, who is one of the owners of Off-White. You know, he's also a designer for Louis Vuitton as well. Now, they're saying this Kid dress Cuddy was in tribute. Out. Go ahead. Kid Cuddy tweeted, Virgil designed the dress for me. I told him I wanted to show love to Kurt with a floral print sundress, and this man made a masterpiece. Thank you. You're an effing genius. Love you, man. We did it to Virgil. And then he said, I'm doing a collection with Off-White, and the dress will be included. All right, so we're asking 800-585-1051. What are your thoughts on the dress? Uh, Yee, mm-hmm. what do you think? Um, I think it was too tight on top. The I think bottom so, I too. was cute. You know, fellas, when you wear a, nice... a tight T-shirt, you know, when it, you know sometimes you see the fellas with the tight T-shirt and it rolls up on the neck? Mm-hmm. That's what it kind of did on his cleavage and his underarm areas. Yeah, I just thought it was too tight on the top. The bottom was fine for me, but I think the top of it was just looking a little restrictive. Mm-hmm. First of all, if Kid Cudi had cleavage, cleavage, he needs to do some push-ups. Why the hell does he have cleavage? Okay, I don't want to see no man titties. All right, uh, but I don't care. I can't tell you how much I don't care about this situation. When I when, I, when, when people told me about it, I asked the same thing I asked with anything. Why? They told me the why. It was a tribute to Kurt Cobain. Nothing else to think about in my mind. And plus, this has been done a million times before. Dennis Rodman in a wedding dress. Uh, I believe Andre 3000 wore dress like garbs before. We saw Young Thug, ASAP Rocky, Kurt Cobain, Martin in Big Mama's house. Martin is Sinead, Jamie Foxx is Wanda. We've seen this a million times. I don't care. I'm actually more disappointed that Cuddy didn't do something more original, but I could care less that he was wearing a dress. I could care less. And by the way, April 5th is when Kurt Cobain actually died. So this was in tribute because it was close to that date. And it's a, kind of a similar dress to the one that Kurt Cobain wore on the cover of the magazine The Face in 1993. Well, Kurt so had on some Daisy why. Dukes, too, if I'm not mistaken. He had on some little short, short jean shorts. Mm-hmm. Little short well, I, jean shorts. I ordered it for you for uh, Father's Day this year. So I know that it's, it's slim on the top and you got kind of wide, wide hips. Why, so would you, why would you want me to wear it? I'm not wearing a dress. I got it for you. It's the style. Well, you wasted your money. It's off-white. You wasted your money. Give it to your son. <laughs> no. Let Logan wear it. <laughs> nah, that's all right. He's not wearing it. Why can't Logan wear it? I think it better fits you because he's not into that. But I think that... Not into what? Wearing I'm dresses. Not, I'm not into it either. <laughs> so what? Right. Because I got hips and some ass. You want to see me in a sundress? Huh? I know well, it's well, sundress did, season, but knock it off. Did, well, I ordered it for what you. What I did like about the dress was the cut of it. It's the type of dress that kind of goes in at the waist, so it gives you a waistline, but then it flares out at the bottom, so it does hide. That's what I think it's perfect. Of- I'm upset that Kid Cudi wasn't more original. Because Kid Cudi is, you know, he's always been an innovator. He's always ahead of the curve on things. We've seen, you know, rappers in dresses, men in dresses a What did you want him to wear? A thong? Like what, what? What did you want to see him in? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm just, I just wanted more. But I get it though, because it was a tribute. It was a, it was a tribute yeah. to Kurt Cobain. So I understand if he was paying homage to Kurt Cobain, I, I, I totally get it. Not mad at that. Right. He wasn't wearing a dress just to wear a dress. It was in tribute. In tribute. Yes. 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 All right. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Hello. Who's this? Hello. This is Dion. How you doing? Hey, Dion. What's up, man? Kid Cudi wore a dress over the weekend. What were your thoughts? Um, first of all, I want to say hello to all y'all, man. I love all y'all, man. Hello. Thank you, King. And, um, I want to say, man, it's so crazy how Hollywood is changing our black men. It just seems like they're trying to emasculate them. You get what I'm saying? Kid Cudi, Lil Nas, you got, uh, Playboy Cardi. Like, just the list just keeps growing. You get what I'm saying? How old are you, young man? 
23. Yeah, you young. See, I, I, I've i seen this a million times already. You know what I'm saying? I've seen Dennis Rodman in the wedding dress. I've seen Martin Lawrence in Big Mama's house. Martin Lawrence dressed up as Shanae Wanda, you know, Jamie Foxx dressed up as Wanda. Tyler Perry, my dear. I've seen this a million times. Andre 3000. So this ain't new to me. So I don't even understand what y'all be talking about when y'all say like, oh, they're trying to emasculate men and yada, yada, yada. It's been going on forever. <laughs> like, like, come on, man. It just seems like right now, it seems like it's just almost like they trying to push it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, But how is Hollywood weird. doing it if it was a decision he made to do it? It's not like that anybody forced him. Hollywood didn't like, force him. I, I feel like they getting paid. You know what I'm saying? Because it'd be certain things that they'd be standing about for so many years. And then they just randomly, you know what I mean? Just switch. <laughs> like, it'd be like, what other Bro, you 23. I've seen this a million times before, sir. You know what I mean? And the, and the crazy part is when, when Martin used to do it as Wanda, I mean, Sinead, we just laughed. Jamie would do it as Wanda, we just laughed. Andre 3000, you're like, oh, that's just Andre being Andre, being eccentric. Like, I don't I don't think it's an attack on black mis- masculinity, uh, All right. ladies Thank and gentlemen. Thank you, brother. All right, well, 800-585-1051. What did you think of Kid Cudi wearing a dress on his Saturday Night Live performance? Let's talk about it. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Call me. And your opinion to the Breakfast Club top. Come on. 800-585-1051. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us, we're talking about Saturday Night Live and Kid Cudi. He wore a dress over the weekend. And we're just asking your thoughts. Hello, who's this? Yo, what's up, Envy? What's up, Charlamagne? What's up, Angela? Good morning, Peace, peace, Rick. Rick. What up, Rick? What's going on? Yo, listen, when it comes to Kid Cudi, right? Like, this is America. Anybody can do what they want to do. I don't think it has anything to do with sexuality and that. But I just want to know what it has to do with hip-hop. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. They're saying Kid Cudi is showing some kind of uh, uh, salute to Kurt Cobain. When the last time you heard Kid Cobain and Kid Cudi in the same sentence? It's like apples and oranges. They don't well, well, no, Kid Cudi, Kid Cudi has a Kurt Cobain tattoo. You know what I'm saying? He's always talked about how, you know, Kurt, Go- Kurt Cobain inspired him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I know they both have suicidal thoughts issues like that, but like, but what's the, what's the, what's, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, this is not hip-hop. I don't see how hip-hop... Well, the song was called Sad People. Kurt Cobain died on April 5th, so it's close to the date of the actual Saturday Night Live show, so... That's why he was paying tribute. Yeah, and, and it's music too, Rick. Though. I mean, at the end of the day, musicians inspire. Musicians are inspired by other musicians. Like, it don't have to be rap and rap. I, yeah, I, I get that, but I just, I, I just feel like I don't, I don't, I never got affiliated with Kid Cudi and and, and, and Kurt Cobain. But I guess if you said he had a tattoo and was on April fifth, makes sense. But it still doesn't make sense in my book. I just feel like it, I feel like I don't see the two ideas coming together. And he's not the first one to wear a dress. The Rocky wear a dress. Kanye yep. first, first young thug all the time. But, not about the dress. I just think the ideas. I don't know for the general public. I don't know if it, if it, if it comes together for me. Yeah. I mean, it might have been more powerful just to wear a Kurt Cobain T-shirt. Yeah, but uh, I'll be honest. I mean, he can wear what he wants to wear. I, I, I necessarily don't care. Whatever makes him, whatever makes him happy. You know what I mean? I know I don't give a damn. I can't tell you how much I don't give a damn. Because, <laughs> because from just the him wearing the dress standpoint, like I've said, and other people up, that caught up here have said, we've seen that a million times from a million different entertainers and athletes and rappers. I just, I, to me, I'm like, damn, I'm more disappointed. Cuddy didn't do something more original, but I get it if it was a tribute. 
to Kurt Cobain. But I got to salute Demetria Lucas, man. She brought up a good point on our Instagram. She said she doesn't care about the dress. She cares about the Cobain of it all. Because Cuddy is a human who openly battled depression and suicidal thoughts. And he's closely identifying with an artist known as much for his music as his suicide at 27. So she was like, you know, somebody needs to do a wellness check on Cuddy. I tend to agree with that. Can I interject right. as a Cuddy fan? Yes, as a sure. Cuddy fan. Drama. Uh, I think the correlation between the two kind of bounce off what Rick said and then what you're saying is Kurt Cobain was ridiculously vulnerable in his music, right? He laid mm-hmm. it all out there, told you how he was feeling, he was suicidal, all that stuff, and that's what people loved about Cuddy. So he took mm-hmm. that attitude of being vulnerable and brought it to a space in hip-hop that was not open to that kind of conversation before him. Mm-hmm. That's what makes Cuddy who he is, and I think that's why the tribute with the death of Cobain and all that stuff, I don't think it's necessarily a dangerous thing like he's suicidal. It's just paying homage to a person that made him feel comfortable enough to be open about what he was going through. Second thing you've ever said on this radio that made sense, Dramos. Thank Congratulations. You, I'll take Congratulations. it. Right, and listen, at the end what of the, the day, first? he wore that dress, and now everybody's talking about it, and that was kind of the point, I'm the sure. First, the first was something about Spanish people. You know, Dramos, it was something Dramos said about Latinos that made sense, <laughs> which is rare because he doesn't even speak Spanish. That's not mm-hmm. true. But he claims to be right. Latino. All right. And he hated Bad Bunny two years ago. Lulu and Lala Shut told up. me. They told me. Guy's crazy. Moving on. <laughs> That's crazy. That's all he can now, say. Now, now, got... now all morning he's been here like, man, I really wish Bad Bunny would have didn't have his shirt on at WrestleMania. You will say anything on you, this radio. You, you will walk in here that. every day and say anything on this damn what radio. What do you it's mean? Crazy. You said that. Man, I heard him. Up, he said, he was like, yo, Bad Bunny. He was like, yo, why Bad Bunny had a shirt on? He was like, oh he had disappointment God, in his voice. That's right. He said, I wish he took that shirt off. I heard it myself. Oh, my God. I hate this place. Me too. Did he have a shirt on, Dramos? Did Bad Bunny have a shirt on at WrestleMania? You noticed he had a shirt on. How, what do you mean? It, he had a whole outfit on. Why would I not notice that? But oh, Never mind. Man, okay. shut up, man. <laughs> yeah, we got rumors on the way. Let's talk about Saweetie and Quavo. There were rumors that Quavo had repoed this Bentley, which was squashed, but now he brought it back up. And it looks like Saweetie is responding in a fun way. All right, we'll get to it next. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. It's about time. What's going on? Yo. This is the Rumor Report with Angela Yee on The Breakfast Club. All right, this morning we are talking DMX all throughout the morning. And D, Rough Riders founder D and former manager Craig Broadhead spoke to Lisa Evers and they were talking about DMX's legacy and also about the recording of this new album that's coming out. And here was what D had to say about the album that was recorded in Nashville, Tennessee. It's just sad that he ain't going to be able to music. We did all the albums, but this album right here is special. Like, you probably never heard no music like you heard on this one that we did just now. This is probably one of his great albums, one of the best. It's it's a classic. So is this going to be the Def Jam album? Yeah, I mean, Um, they said his next album was on Def Jam, so I would assume, right? Yeah, everybody. Yeah, that's what it's. Yeah, Swiss, because when Swiss was on Breakfast Club a couple years ago, he said that DMX had re-signed with Def Jam and they were working on the new album. I wonder if that's the Project D's talking about. Has to be, right? Yeah, I would would think think so. so. All right, now, let's talk about Saweetie. People are feeling like she's responding to Quavo, claiming that he took back the Bentley that he got here. Got her, in case you haven't heard it, here's a snippet from that song. All right, well, uh, Saweetie did a skit, and this was a, a cute skit. This is her response, where it's basically her. She's playing both roles and says, I know that's wrong, besties or frenemies, and here's what the skit sounded like. Hey, have you seen my keys? Nope, I haven't seen them. I can't find them anywhere. But weren't you driving my car last? 
I don't know. Don't be losing my keys. I'm your best friend. I would never steal your keys. You right, girl. I be tripping. Give me a hug. Besties for life. Oh, she played herself. And I the, thought that was the, really her bestie. Yeah, she's playing. It's both. Yeah, it's two oh. different roles, but she's playing both roles, oh. and then she's hugging her bestie, and the girl that's saying that she didn't take the keys, which is herself, is holding the keys behind her back. So. Well, I'm glad she's smiling about the situation. You know what I'm saying? I would say Right. She, All you can do is joke about it because people mm -hmm. are going to have things to say. Yeah, because I would say she's going to cry in the car if Quavo takes that Bentley back, but there'll be no car to cry in. Yeah, she got her own money, though. She could buy her own car, though. I'm sure. All right, now, this happened last week. The first woman who had accused Deshaun Watson of sexual assault has spoken out, and her name is Ashley Soli. She's a massage therapist, and she had a press conference that was arranged by Houston attorney Tony Busby, who is representing her and 21 other women who have filed lawsuits against him, and here's what she had to say. Deshaun Watson assaulted and harassed me on March 30th, 2020, in my own home, doing what I love most, massage therapy. I blame myself at times, which is insane. I can no longer practice the profession that I love the most without shaking during the session. Flashes of Watson's face rush to me in the moment. I think of his penis touching me, which sends me into a tailspin. I suffer from panic attacks, anxiety, and depression. All right, Deshaun Watson, on his behalf, is denying these accusations of the women who allege he used massages as a pretext to prey on them. In the lawsuits, he's accused of exposing his genitals to the women and forcing at least one to perform oral sex. And, you know, this is Sexual Assault Awareness Month, by the way. April is Sexual Assault Awareness Month. So just putting that out there as well for you guys. Now, in the wake of all this, Beats by Dre terminated their relationship with him and Nike also suspended their endorsement deal with Deshaun Watson. And we will keep you updated on what's happening uh, in that situation. All right. Mm -hmm. Kim Kardashian's shapewear line Skims is reportedly worth $1.6 billion wow. after a new investment. Yes, there was a recent series of investments of $154 million. And now they're saying Skims is worth $1.6 billion. Woo. Wow. She is not playing That's with this money. You got to respect the people because they say whatever they want about Oh, she got on because of a sex tape. There's a lot of people out there with sex tapes who don't go on to build billion-dollar empires. What's in your mouth? I don't know. Now, the stylist who is prepping Janet Jackson, who prepped Janet Jackson's look for the 2004 Super Bowl appearance with Justin Timberlake is speaking out and told Page Six that Justin Timberlake is actually the one who pushed for the wardrobe malfunction in an attempt to outdo Britney Spears, Madonna, and Christina Aguilera, who had months earlier kissed at the MTV Video Music Awards. According to super stylist Wayne Scott Lucas, he told Page Six, instead of doing something bigger than their performance, he wanted a reveal. So in the end... As you all know, Justin Timberlake tore off part of her top and briefly revealed her breast. He said, I wouldn't call it a wardrobe malfunction in a million years. It was the most functioning wardrobe in history. As a stylist, it did what it was intended to do. So he's working on a tell-all book. He'll tell that story in full for the first time and reveal other secrets from the world of fashion and show business. Uh, I mean, that's that brother's story to tell. and He has every right to say it, but he could have said that decades ago when it happened and it would have helped Janet Jackson out in the moment. Like, what's the, sure. point, of, what's the point of saying it now? Right, don't know. All right, well, that is your rumor report. All right, thank you, Miss Yee. Now, uh, shout to Revolt. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody else, the People's Choice Mix is up next. And uh, let's start the mix off with some DMX, all right? Let me know your requests. It's Breakfast Club. Good morning. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same.
Mountain Dew is partnering with HBCUs in an effort to uplift the next generation of badass black innovators and entrepreneurs with the Real Change Opportunity Fund Pitch Competition, empowering students to go out and do. Visit mountaindew.com slash real change to enter. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning. Happy Monday. Mondays are great for me right now because I look forward to my show on Facebook and it's episode two of Mastery of Comedy for We the Culture on Facebook. So make sure y'all tune into that. We have four veteran comics who are mentoring four up and coming comedians. On on this episode, these comics are going to hit the stage for the first time in front of their mentors and it doesn't go that well. So you got to make sure you check it out. Also today... I had went and did an interview with Quando Rondo, and I think they're putting some of that out today. So make sure you guys look out for that, too. Absolutely. And salute to my man Kodak Black, too, man. Salute to Yak. Yak put out a record called, uh, what is it, Easter, Easter in Miami? Uh-huh. And, and um, he, 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 he gave me and uh, Envy a, a, a nice little salute. He said, if you don't look at me the way Envy looks at Charlemagne, he don't want it. So... Salute, he didn't say that. Salute to Kodak Black. He didn't Black. say that part. He mentioned us, but he didn't say that part. Well, what did he say? Let me hear it. Yeah, I like that line, but I, I think if you don't look at me the way Envy looks at Charlemagne, it's very appropriate, too. You know what I'm saying? So He didn't say that. Salute to Kodak right. Black. Yak, you gotta yeah, come. To Yak gotta come visit the Breakfast Club. He ain't been to the Breakfast Club in a minute, man. All right, when we come back, we got the positive notice. The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club. Now, shout out to everybody in Atlanta. I was in Atlanta over the weekend, uh, planning up the car show, measuring things out, and getting things right. And then I also stopped by a couple of my favorite spots, BQEs. As I love the food there, so I stopped by BQE. Shout out to Daryl, and then I stopped by Revel. Shout to Tory. And we also got a shout out to Sarah Jakes Roberts for joining us this morning. Woman Evolve is her new book. It's out right now. Go pick it up. Yeah, I'm glad we finally got the, uh, got that interview correct. We were supposed to do it last week, but we had technical difficulties, man. But, man, Sarah Jake Roberts is a force in nature. I listen to her podcast, Women Evolve. I watch it when she fills in for the bishop, uh, Bishop T.D. Jakes, her father, when Bishop isn't giving his sermons. So... Salute to Sarah Jake Roberts, man. Her and her father are absolutely necessary. I told people yesterday, I don't know why y'all don't add Bishop T.D. Jakes to your self-care Sunday routine. Because that sermon he gave yesterday, rightfully mine, Lord have mercy, he was barring up people in that one. So salute to the Jake family. All right. Well, you got a positive note? I do. The positive note is simple, man. It comes from Jim Rohn. If you are not willing to risk the... 